going on, guys? It's Seth back with another Defense Wins Fantasy, and we are into July. Little late on this one. We had a little bit of a power issue, so no power equals no recording ability. But we're back, and we're talking July 1st, one month away from we really looking into some actual, albeit preseason, but football games. So what's that mean? That means we need to start getting through Seth's breakouts, busts, and players to watch from every team in the NFL this year. Last year is into the 70% uh, hit rate, so pretty great there. I'm looking to improve upon that this year. And there, we're going to start this off with the NFC North. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So the NFC North had a lot of changes this offseason. Stalwart Aaron Rodgers no longer in the uh, in the division. We've had massive changeover in the defense on the Bears. A lot of movement on the Vikings just because they can't afford people slash afford people they shouldn't. All sorts of things that has happened. And we're going to get down in, into the nitty-gritty of what we think, what I think, is going to be the guys you need to target for some breakouts. Guys that are probably going higher than they're going to finish and you should probably steer clear of. And then some players to watch. And as always, the players to watch are two different formats. They could either be guys that I'm not really excited about, I'm, I'm questioning them to be good, or it's a guy that I think might be sh shining some some light on on being a breakout. And I'll talk through that as we go through them if you have not heard these from last year. But it is July 1st of 2023, so let's go on and get into these. We're going to start with the Bears. A lot of, lot of hype around the offense of the Bears coming into this year. Point is, they still have a quarterback that doesn't throw the ball a lot. They have a wide receiver that they traded for that doesn't score touchdowns a lot. And they got rid of the best running back on their team. I'm not super over the moon with this offense. There's a lot of people out there that are big heavy on fields. That's not me. I'm not that guy. I think that it's, again, going to be a great year for the defensive players on this team. But we're going to start with my breakout player. And that is Kyle Gordon, nickel cornerback for the Bears. Second year pro, he had uh, 70 tackles in his rookie year and three interceptions. And he's coming into 2023 as their nickel cornerback. Going to be playing that primarily. Albeit injuries, things like that can change where he's going to be at. But he's going to be playing the nickel, which means the tackles around 70 or so is very, very repeatable with possibly getting some more. And he's honestly one of the forgotten players in the secondary. Everybody talks about Brisker because he had such a great year at safety last year. Love Brisker this year still. Big fan. I knew he was going to be good coming out of college. I talked about that. But Kyle Gordon, once again, 70 tackles as a cornerback and three interceptions as a rookie. Phenomenal. Very much has the opportunity to get 70-plus tackles again this year. He has the ball-hawking ability. If this offense is better by some grace of God, then he's going to have more opportunities for interceptions, pass defenses. And if this offense is not better, which is probably in my, like my eyes a little bit more realistic, he's going to be able to get more tackles in the run game on, on stretch plays, things that come to the outside. 
I expect Kyle Gordon to be a guy that possibly, depending on how deep your league is, might not even be drafted. But he's going to be a guy about week three or week four. You're just going to be like, who? who is that? He's getting a lot of points. Yeah. Yes, he is. So Kyle Gordon, nickel cornerback for the Bears, is my breakout candidate. And moving on to their bust candidate. Listen, we talked about a lot of off-season moves on the defensive side. They brought in Tremaine Edmonds. They brought over T.J. Edwards, linebackers. It'd be really easy for me to say Jack Sanborn's my bust because he's he's just he's not even a bust. I think he's just just R.I.P. at this point. So that's not who we're talking about. But we are talking about one of these big name free agents that came over. And the guy that I'm saying is going to drop off is T.J. Edwards. Part of it is because of last year, the expectations on him to repeat are asinine. He had 158 tackles last season with two sacks, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. Edwards will not, he's not going to like fall off a cliff. Let me get that out. But he's not going to repeat those numbers, especially with Tremaine Edmonds there. Edwards last year played all the snaps and was the dude. He's not even the dude on his own team in, in linebacking core anymore. Edmonds has been known as a guy that gets a lot of tackles. He's huge, and he's going to be the run-stuffing linebacker. He's going to play more of what Sanborn was playing at the end of last year in this defense. I expect Edmonds to be the tackle hoss. I expect Edwards to be the coverage guy. So this is drop of LB1, more of to a LB2, maybe high LB3 for TJ Edwards. Once again, not going to fall off the face of the earth, but you're just going to be a lot of under underwhelmed with his overall weeks. Now my player to watch is a guy that got injured in this secondary last year, and that's Eddie Jackson, safety. Brisker got all of the love last year, well aware of that, and he should have for a great rookie campaign. But Eddie Jackson scored more points per game than Jaquan Brisker did. The only issue is Jackson got a Lince Frank injury that caused him to miss the last five games. He was on 113 tackle pace and already had four interceptions in the 12 games. Moral of the story, let people pay up for Jaquan Brisker and happily take Jackson multiple rounds later. Obviously, he's in my players to watch because I feel that the the aspect of Liz Frank has that risk of re-injury. So he's not somebody that I'm going to say, go and do this right now. It's going to be your best bet. You're going to do great with this player. But he is a guy that I am keeping an eye on. He's a guy that I'm going to try to trade for, possibly get a you know, low ball offer for a guy that got injured last year, and he's the other safety now in that team. But once again, he was scoring more points than Jaquan was when they were both playing. So my player to watch, safety, Eddie Jackson for the Bears. Now let's move on to the Lions. Everybody's darling team this year, right? Everybody has them just dominating this division. This worries me with with how people just are so adamant that they have no competition in this division. They do. Jordan Love's going to surprise people. That team's going to be good. The Vikings, for all the pieces that they've lost, have kept the core together. 
Dalvin Cook, to me, is not that big of a drop-off from Alexander Madison as far as offense goes. So, putting it all out there, the Lions are going to have a battle on their hands this year. And my breakout candidate has been just a guy that I'm over the moon with in this rookie class, and that's Jack Campbell. The fact of the matter is it has nothing to do with just me being a big fan of his. It's more of, holy cow, this guy can average 140 tackles easily. In fact, I see him, well, I see him, maybe not well, but over 150 tackles as an absolute doable target for this year. He's going to finish as a top 12 linebacker. I'll say that again. Jack Campbell will finish as a top 12 linebacker. Dan Campbell's secret son is going to be a force this rookie year, and if you don't get him on your team, you're going to regret it, especially in Dynasty. He should be the second defensive player off the board behind Will Anderson. Now my bus candidate is another new player to the team. Not a rookie, though. This is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Safety, cornerback, slash I don't know what he's going to play. Last year, he was on the Saints, traded to the Eagles before the season started. That worked out really well. Six picks and 67 tackles in 12 games. Holy cow. Granted, he lost the rest of the season because he lacerated his kidney, which is something I wouldn't recommend doing. And it probably cost him a long-term deal. Here's the, all, the other thing is that Johnson's listed as a safety, but he's playing slot cornerback in, in the OTAs. That's concerning to me. If it's a cornerback that's playing slot, I like it. If it's a safety that's playing slot, a little bit more concerned about it. Will his tackle numbers be up? Yeah, possibly, but I just think that you're trying to get more than 67 tackles and trying to repeat six-plus more picks, he has nowhere to go but down this year. And it's a one-year deal. You expect him to try to ball out. I just don't see him being the guy that he was last year. And it's also, again, another new defense that he's trying to learn and understand. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson will not repeat his 2022 season, even though it was only 12 games long. He is going to disappoint you in a point-per-game basis. Now, finally, my player to watch for the Lions is another rookie. And it's my favorite defensive back in this class, and that is the safety, Brian Branch. Why do I like him so much? It's because Branch can do everything and will do everything to keep himself on the field. He's already said that. Wherever he's needed, he's going to do it. His football IQ is very high, and I expect him to start the season on the field. Where on the field? I don't know, but he's going to be on the field. Long-term-wise, for Dynasty owners, two defensive backs on one-year deals bodes extremely well for Branch, whether they want to put him at safety, whether they want to put him at corner, or just move him around on this defense. I expect him to finish as a safety two on this season. So somewhere between 13 and 24 is where my gut tells me that Brian Branch is going to finish. 
I will say that there is the concerns on why I have him to watch is because he could end up being the guy that plays the slot. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson could be the guy that ends up playing safety. I don't really know how this defense is going to look. It's going to be interesting to see. But if I'm putting my eggs in a defensive back basket from this rookie draft, I'm putting all but about two of them in the Brian Branch basket. So that moves us on to the Packers. My breakout candidate this year was my bust candidate from last year. And that's Quay Walker, linebacker. Listen, I, I, I will eat crow on this one. I was wrong about Quay Walker. I thought it was going to take him a year to get effectively on the field and make a significant impact that would do something to your fantasy team and force you to put him in your lineup. And he came out and just played extraordinarily well. Changing of the guard right now with these linebacking core of the Packers is in full effect. And you can honestly argue that it really occurred last year, going from uh, Devondre Campbell to Quay Walker as the LB1 in fantasy on this team. Quay's rookie year, 121 tackles, one and a half sacks, three forced fumbles. And even with those impressive numbers, you felt like there was more to get out of him. You felt like it was almost like they kind of it was he was held back a little bit, a little less of the free range to get a few more tackles in there and stuff like that. It just felt like he could do so much more, which is what you want out of a guy that's putting up that kind of a stat line. So I look for him to get past 135 tackles as he officially takes over the LB1 position from Devondre Campbell this season. And that leads me into the bust, who I do have as Devondre Campbell, linebacker for the Packers. A lot of the same things on why Quay is doing well. Devondre is just um, is dropping off some. Like I said, the Quay Walker effect is in full gear. And Campbell's season-ending ranking um, and PP uh, point-per-game ranking were honestly last season propped up by a massive game against the Washington Commanders. Down the stretch, it was clear that he was starting to play second fiddle. His points per game looks great if you look at it in a vacuum from last year. And you might say, well, he was hurt some, but still a solid linebacker. Don't be fooled. And don't be left holding the bag in a dynasty if you can avoid it. His career is essentially over after this year, in my opinion, at least fantasy-wise. Move him now if you can get some value. I, I mean, you're not going to get much. If you get a third-round rookie draft pick, you're, that's probably excellent for Devondre Campbell at this point. But just know that if you don't get him sold before the season, wait for a breakout game and then try to move him. Try to save your team. Now, my player to watch is a guy that was my breakout last year, and that's Rashawn Gary, linebacker slash edge rusher for the Packers. He was living up to the breakout. I mean, he was dominating the uh, edge, and he was essentially just getting a sack every week, so the consistency was there too, which was great. Then he tore his ACL. He's not my breakout player. He's not my bus player. He's my player to watch. 
I don't think that this is going to be a phenomenal year for him. I've already talked about how I think Lucas Van Ness is going to benefit from them easing Gary back into the lineup. But my request to you is to keep an eye on his recovery. Because if it all goes well, it could be a late-round gem that the back half of his of the 2023 season could get very consistent sack numbers. Paired with some really solid tackle numbers, playing him as a D-lineman will be a dream come true heading into this year's playoffs. And if it's in Dynasty, wait till about week three when he hasn't been performing because he's still coming back from the ACL and offer the owner a trade for him. See if you can get him as a you know low ball him a little bit and then ride the wave that comes at the end of the year and into the future with Rashawn Gary. So that moves us on to the final team of the AFC or sorry NFC North, and that is the Minnesota Vikings, who have felt like they've just been on fire sale for most of the year. But when people leave. We now have availability and snaps for young players to get opportunities. And that is no more true than for my breakout candidate, linebacker Brian Osamoa. Eric Kendricks is gone. The stalwart of the Vikings defense for the last like 10 years has moved on. And I said this last offseason, the Jordan Hicks signing really worried me for Eric Kendricks' future. And it came to fruition. Hicks led the fantasy linebacker room last year, and now he's the lead dog. Eric Kendricks is gone. But the Vikings have always got it done with two solid linebackers. So Brian steps into a great situation. After minimum snap counts as a rookie, he's going to explode as far as usage. And his biggest competition is Troy Reader. Not worried about that guy. I think Brian's going to get the nod. He's going to be playing all season, and he's going to be a fringe LB3 to possibly LB2 upside if things go right. One caveat to all of that, new defensive coordinator Brian Flores comes to town. Could look a little bit different as far as how their fantasy value has been showing, but I still think that Brian Osamoa is an absolute buy For anybody that wants to get him, I think he's going to have a solid year and he's going to be an every week starter for your team that nobody has on their radar for some reason. My bust candidate, new edge linebacker D-end Marcus Davenport, which is interesting because he's coming off like his worst year of his career. And they still gave him, I think, $10 million for a one-year deal. And I still think he's going to bust. And there's another reason why I'm even more sure of that. Most platforms only have Davenport listed as a linebacker, which makes him virtually useless in, in all senses of the word. Unless you have some sort of an edge-rushing category on your team, you're not going to be playing this guy at linebacker. There is no way you're going to get you're going to put a guy that's maybe going to get I mean his ceiling is maybe what 55 tackles on the year. You're not playing that at your linebacker. No way. So don't get caught in the in the hype of hoping this guy has a bounce back year. 
honestly, even his good years with the Saints, you still felt like he wasn't like a good player. He just fell into some sacks that worked out. Marcus Davenport should not be on your team, and don't bother even trying to throw a wing and a prayer hope on this guy. Not interested. And the final player with the Minnesota Vikings is my player to watch. This is Lewis Seen's last year safety, high draft capital. I think it was second or third. I feel like it was second, but I don't quote me on that. I'm just spitballing that. Last year, fractured his leg in week three. He was only really playing special team snaps at that point in time. And, it, I mean, he's got high draft capital, but he needs to take the safety job away from Cameron Bynum first. Bynum played really well last year. I am concerned that Lewisine already might have lost his chance to be the guy, at least until Harrison Smith retires. But he's young. He has upside. It's a guy worth keeping an eye on, but make sure he wins the job first before you start sacrificing some of your draft capital or some other more established players. So that is the NFC North that we're talking about. But I want to also elaborate a little bit about your trade opportunities for some of these guys. Very often, and this is across all dynasty leagues, whether you're playing defensive or not, very often people will be the most optimistic in the world that everybody they draft And all the young guys are going to hit. Even the guys that didn't have a great first year are always going to hit. Just know that if you have a rookie from last year that did not finish as a D-end, D-tackle, linebacker, or safety two or higher, the window of them having more than two years as a uh, LB, you know, whatever two or higher for their entire career is like 30% or less. I, it, it might even be less. I feel like 30 is actually me being gracious on what it is. Fact of the matter is, defensive players show out early or they don't show out at all. So you can have some hope on some of these linebackers. They have the kind of the longest longevity of a second-year breakout with about three years. If they do hit it, they'll typically get into the top 24, three seasons, which will count that breakout year. But just play the math game and don't get caught being emotional with your draft picks. We all want everybody to hit, but it does not happen. So be willing to move on and swing again. Get yourself some more ammunition to swing at the next draft and hope that you can hit. But do not just sit here and keep saying, year two, year three, year four, this guy's finally going to do it. If he hasn't done it, he ain't going to. I said, start questioning in season two after the second year if they still haven't hit cut bait, try to get something for him, but don't make him take up a roster spot on your team. There is no reason for you to be that disgruntled 
during the season when you keep looking at that spot and realizing that you just can't cut them because of some arbitrary value that you placed on them two years ago. Teams get it wrong. We're no different. We're not going to be 100% on anything. So be comfortable with that. So with that being said, that is the end of this one. We're going to continue through the NFC teams uh, for the next basically month, and we'll, we'll move over to the AFC and get ready for the season. I'm really excited. I have so many players that I'm just super pumped about, and I can't wait to tell you more. But we'll see you next week. And until then, remember that defense wins fantasy.